0: just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com forward slash fm 24 You'll save a dollar on your next domain.
1: As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore. AI safety and security it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit hackerone.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, hackerone.com slash AI dash safety dash security.
2: Today's episode of the Rocketship Podcast is brought to you by DeskHub. DeskHub is an awesome co-working space with locations all around the country, from Atlanta to Portland, Salt Lake City, San Diego, and Scottsdale. They're growing like crazy and may be coming to a city near you, and I would highly recommend checking them out. It's where we work here in San Diego, and we absolutely love it. They're also generously offering $100 off your first month. All you have to do is mention this podcast. With no commitments and flexible options, there's no reason not to check them out today. Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. I'm Joelle Goldman, and I'm here today with Jay Chernikoff, live at Desk Hub and he is the founder. Uh, Jay, welcome.
1: Thank you, I'm very excited to be here. I'm filming, filming, talking, <laughs> podcasting, live from Desk Hub in Little Italy in San Diego.
2: Yeah, this is fun. We don't do uh, too many in-person interviews, and it's always fun when you get to get in the same room. Um, So let's just jump right in. I'm curious kind of why you started DeskHub in the first place, and what got you thinking about kind of solving this problem of, of co-working and building community?
1: Sure. So, you know, my background is a little bit in real estate, a little bit in technology, um, just sort of being entrepreneurial. And one of the things I was seeing is I, I grew up in Cleveland, lived in LA for a little bit, lived in New York for a while, and ended up, uh, you know, spending a lot of time, you know, in other cities, including Scottsdale and Phoenix area. And, you know, when you see those places, there's tons of smart people around, but what you don't see is sort of a general hub for those people to get together and a place for, um, you know, entrepreneurs, um, small business, uh, you know, all those types to really sort of create a mini San Francisco or a mini New York, the atmosphere that you want from, um, you know, the reason people are in those places, New York and San Francisco, when you're in a coffee shop in San Francisco, and you tell people that. You have a startup. People are like real jazzed for you. Um, where you still, you know, still in other markets, you tell people you have a startup or you're doing your own business. You know, people are like, oh, you lost your job. You know, and so you get into that whole idea of like, you know, what's the mentality around entrepreneurship, around doing your own thing, about being creative, and you know, really wanting to encourage that in some of these sort of um, these ancillary markets, markets that weren't, again, New York, San Francisco markets where you could go outside, walk on a stand on a street corner, and you know, meet a gazillion interesting people and really find that support and network that you need to be a successful entrepreneur.
2: That's really interesting. Um, you know, when you think about cities kind of outside of tech hubs, and what you said, you know, oh, did you lose your job? It's more of like a mentality. But what I find interesting is the concept of walkability. So you talk San Francisco, New York, and you can go stand on a street corner and bump into a bunch of other people who are doing something similar to you, a lot of that just has to do with physical spaces and being in proximity to a lot of people. So I'm curious how that kind of played into what you are building in places like Scottsdale, and Phoenix is just a huge, expansive city for anybody who's been there, um, and a lot of other places where you have to get in your car and drive really anywhere you want to go.
1: So... uh the, the interesting part, I think, is this whole idea around, you know, I, I like to say that when I was in New York, I saw more people going down the elevator in the morning from my apartment than you'll see in a whole day of driving around in your car in a place like San Diego or Scottsdale. And so, you know, what you're really trying to do is create the sort of right-sized community of people that can sort of aggregate in one place. And again, there's, you know, with sprawl and all the different things that happen, you really want to really focus on what your location looks like, trying to be central to the people who are sort of... Um, you know, the people who are going to be part of that community, but at the same time, there's got to be an acknowledgement that there's a different, uh, there's a different aggregation of people. And so bringing those people together in a, in a convenient location uh, is critical. And, you know, thinking about the logistics of how that would go and how it works is just, it's it's very different than, in a, you know, one of the, most of the major tech hub, sort of tri- traditional major tech hubs. Yeah,
2: so... What kind of things do you look for when you're putting together um, a new location and um, kind of even just a physical physical space, not not just location in terms of what city you're going to, but where in that city and where people tend to congregate who would use a space like this?
1: Sure. So you know, I think it depends on the market and where we are. You know, if you think about a market like San Diego where there's so many sort of different areas and submarkets, you want to really, you know, think about factors that, you know, everyone would think about. You want to think about traffic, you want to think about where people are, where there's a lot of ready supply of housing, you know, what the what the office availability looks like, and, you know, what kind of space is available, and you sort of have to find that really, you know, never there's never a perfect mix, but you need to find, you know, as close as you can to a good mix of all of those different variables that will drive literally literally drive people coming to you so you know there's the aspect of you know figuring out how you're going to build community how you're going to build companies or do you want to be around where the founders are going to be Um, do you want to be where the employees are going to be do you want to be around where there's a lot of you know individuals, and you know how do those people sort of come together? So you know, looking at that, I mean, we typically like to find spaces that can house between 100 and 200 people, um, with the idea being that it's big enough that if you don't like someone, you don't have to see them all the time, but it's small enough that you can you know if you see someone out, you recommend you recognize people, you understand who's on the street, you know if you you want who's in the space, you can smile at them, you can say hello, you can build that network and that connectivity. There's a familiarity. Um, but not so much that, you know, we like to remind people that, you know, you don't have to remember when there's enough people, it's not a big deal if you don't remember everyone's name, you know, like sort of there's some, there's some flexibility in having big space, um, in that way. So that hundred, 200 is really the sort of variable that we think is really critical as far as building network and building community and thinking about the idea that, you know, everyone's got. If you assume everyone's got five good contacts, you know that hundred to two hundred person space really puts you in connection to five hundred, a thousand most likely very interesting entrepreneurial smart people who are doing stuff. Um, if you go on the assumption that smart people hang around smart people,
2: yeah. And I have to say that I was blown away at the demand for this. Um, I walked by this space when it was under construction and heard there was a co working spot coming in. I didn't know it was Desk Hub, and we kind of waited and waited for construction to be done and then when it was freshly open and just a few people were in here working I popped my head in and I saw you know basically 200 empty desks and was like oh geez how are they gonna make this work and like three weeks later I came back in and this place is like almost full I'm just it's so cool to see how many people are just like rushing in here to be a part of this and it feels so organic um it's it's just really exciting to see
1: Yeah, I mean, that's really what we're going for is the idea that, you know, people will come together, whether they're an individual person working on their own project or they're a company, you know, that's, you know, at seven or eight people is this idea that, you know, everyone's coming together, you're sort of being more productive, you're sort of everything just, you know, if you get it right, everything just clicks the same way in any kind of relationship is sort of putting those pieces together, and watching them come together, they'll be, you know, there'll be some trips and slips along the way, but, you know, everything sort of works out. And if you get the right people in the right mix, you know, people are sympathetic at the right times, you know, their understanding of certain things that happen. But you really start to build a community of people that, you know, start to know each other and think about what each each person is doing and really driving each other's business and making everyone more productive. I mean, one of the things we really push about a spot like this is that while on first blush, it's an expense to be in here, um, that if you really are able to sort of, Operate in the space and network and connect and are friendly. You know, you should at least be able to move this from sort of, you know, if you think thinking about it in a you know P and L kind of way, from a, a real estate expense to a marketing expense. And if you're really good at what you're doing, you really probably can make money from being in here. So, you know, it can really re- sort of flip on its head what the value of space is for someone who's running a company and starting a business.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, I, I kind of want to go back to what we were saying before about really building a community and having people interact and kind of get to know each other. And in a space of about 200 people, um, it can be hard. You know, you can walk in that front door every day and keep your head down and never really get to know anyone. Um, and I'm curious how you kind of build um, community and run each of these spaces with, with um, certain staff members to foster kind of cross-pollination and people meeting and really create a culture here rather than just a place to put your computer.
1: The So the interesting part about, you know, people coming to a space like this is the idea that you can create or put together what you want it to be. So if you want to be a person who comes here and puts their head down, you can be that. Um, you know, I think we're not going to ever force people to be social or to network. You know, that's, again, that's a function of you deciding to how you want to run your business and what you want to do. And if you see the value in doing it, but what we really do try to put together is we try to make as many opportunities as possible for people to, to meet each other, to sort of understand what's happening. We do lunch and learns. We do events. We have an events calendar. We try to do as many things as possible, you know, even from the snacks in the break room to get people to get off their, you know, get off their butt and, you know, get in, get moving and sort of bump into people. Um, We do a lot of open desk. Um, The reason we do that is because we want people to bump into each other. We want to have interaction. And so from that perspective, we want to um, just, we encourage as much interaction as people want on the days they want it. And, you know, if you see someone with their headphones in, maybe you don't bother them that day. But when you see them in the break room and they're getting a coffee, you can have a chit chat and see what they're doing. Um, But, you know, we do a lot of, so we do a lot of proactive things, but we also do things where, you know, we act as sort of, you know, a concierge, I guess, if you will, you know, we call our people who um, we call the people who run our spaces community curators. And, you know, they're really curating the community and understanding who's coming in. And, you know, for Joelle, if they know that you're doing a podcast, and there's someone else who's doing a podcast, you know, there's probably from a business standpoint, maybe not what it perfect, but maybe they can talk to you about what tools they're using to sort of promote their podcast. Or if there's someone who's doing something interesting, entrepreneurial, and they know that you're looking for people to do, you know, be on your podcast, they can put you together. Um, You know, the same thing if someone's looking to have a website built or they need a programmer or or all these different things sort of as we understand what people are doing, we sort of act as a facilitator of those things. And, you know, as we get more people in the community and as we continue to, you know, refine the tools both online and offline we can do for, you know, for networking, there's there's just there's a myriad of opportunities to put people together um, that are partially based on our work and frankly, partially based on what the community is willing to to do you know, as actionable things.
2: Do you see a big difference in kind of the culture and the way things flow in each office um, city by city? Uh,
1: that's a good question. Um, I think there's definitely some differences in, you know, what teams look like, you know, how, what spaces have more small business versus entrepreneurial businesses, which spaces end up having, you know, a more dominant, presence of, uh, you know, individuals or freelancers, and, you know, each each area tends to get a little bit dictated by, you know, who's running the space. Um, there's a little bit of um, community dictated out of, the first people into the space are and you know and then sort of it's very malleable um you know the nice thing about co-working and one of the challenges as from a business standpoint is that you know it's a very short-term commitment if you want it to be you know people can stay years but people can come for a month if they need to so you know the opportunity to reinvent is always there um it's a constantly changing community people coming in and out and so you know as things grow and work and don't work and change and all those kind of things you know i think you continue to see you know uh, those things adapt and uh, you know and i, I think it's just uh, each way each each space just develops its own personality and you know that personality is is always changing
2: so what are some of the bigger changes you've seen uh from when you opened your first location to now you've got what half a dozen
1: uh yeah we've got five um, and we'll be opening a six.
2: so i'm sure you know along the way there's been something different at each one Looking back all the way at the beginning to where you are now, what are some of the biggest things that stick out um, in terms of the evolution of, of co-working?
1: Um, so, uh, you know, there's a couple of moving pieces. Like you know, from our perspective, you know, the way the awareness of co-working and the ability to come in and, you know, rent space by the desk and say, you know, I have a team of four and we're going to be seven next month. And all of a sudden we're five again. And sort of having that flexibility is something that I think people are really starting to embrace but also frankly just know about so you know there's no there was an awareness gap at the beginning that's really starting to be solved Um, as people start reading more about this you know thinking about the sharing economy you know even if you think about uber airbnb you know along those lines i mean people are much more comfortable not necessarily owning private space um, renting private space and so we've really just seen a, a really nice transition of people. It's become much less of a sales pitch to get people to understand why they should work in the open and why they should work sort of in a collaborative way than it, you know, than it had been. And that people are... So there's more talking about our space and what we offer and less explaining what co-working is, has I think been the biggest transition.
2: So what excites you the most about moving forward?
1: I mean, I I think from a standpoint of, you know, what we're seeing as far as being able to offer this kind of space to people is really encouraging small business, entrepreneurship, um, startup activity, you know, all over the country, you know, thinking about that you don't have to be in San Francisco or New York to be in an entrepreneurial environment, to grow your business, to be smart about, you know, what your costs look like, um, you know, and and just there are entrepreneurs everywhere. And, you know, the challenge of a lot of these, you know, drivable cities versus walkable cities is that it's often hard to find those people and to find the encouragement around them. And so, you know, if we can continue to, to grow and aggregate those those people in these cities, especially as they move away from higher cost markets um, you know, prices in San Francisco and New York have gotten, you know, astronomical. Um, you know, the ability to start a business with little capital is much easier in some of these other spots. So if you can provide a lot of the same resources and access, albeit on a smaller scale, there's a really interesting opportunity, not only for us desk hub as a business, but for the entrepreneurs that we, that we work with and support.
2: So as that learning curve has, um, lessened and demand for these kind of spaces grows, how do you test a new city that you might want to enter? And do you find that current cities that you're in are demanding more than one location?
1: Um, So, you know, I think there's a couple different ways to look. I mean, there's some of the obvious ways that, you know, people would look in in any business. You know, if you were doing, you can do some easy searching on you know, on Google and, you know, look and see what demand looks like for searches for co-working and things like that. But there's also a lot of that sort of anecdotal stuff about, you know, what entrepreneurial activity looks like, what a meetups, um, have in them or on them that, you know, is there 40 meetups or is there 12 meetups? Is there, you know, does the entrepreneur's group attract 12 people or 400 people? And sort of seeing what that demand looks like, um, in, in a sense of, Where do we feel like the market is for entrepreneurs? Um, And what is that, you know, can we create a community that's not just real estate, but is additional value Is network is offline LinkedIn um, in and getting people to sort of drive and grow where, you know, where it is they've chosen to. You know to live and and you know to live and work. Um, and as far as you know, multiple locations, there's definitely that demand. It's just a question of again, this whole, especially in the markets we're talking about, what does drivability look like? What are sort of the different pieces that um, are significant in that? in that as far as you know what is it a 10 mile radius is it a 20 mile radius you know what does the traffic look like where are the freeways Um, what's office demand look like there's a lot of real estate factors and there's a lot of people factor that go into it
2: so with the ability to be that flexible what's your turnover like i mean do you see a lot of people sticking around for the long term or is it kind of like a constant revolving door
1: so I think what you end up seeing now, and it's actually been interesting to us, we haven't seen very much turnover, knock on this table, um, but the, um, the, the moving piece typically is people who like it will like it. Um, so if you're going to lose people, you lose them pretty quickly, um, or because they're going somewhere or took another job or moved, or so there's a physical something that happened, or they just don't like it. There's a handful of people who just don't like it. They are not happy getting out of their house. They don't like how, even if they're a small business, that they don't like being in in the shared space. Um, they just don't take to it like anything else. Um, but for the most part, we're seeing a lot of we see a lot of people who stay for a long time. I mean, this type of business for on a when you look at it a per desk price versus taking your own office, putting aside the amenities and having more space and all the different sort of ancillary benefits from a pure cost standpoint it typically makes sense to be in a space like this almost up to 12 or 15 employees depending on your alternative Um, just from the flexibility from you know paying per desk and the amenities and headache that you get as you sort of understand how your business is going to grow so there's putting aside all the great things about being in here there's an excellent value proposition for people to utilize this space and you know t- understand what their growth looks like of their business the trajectory of what they're doing how they manage their headaches so it might make sense that this costs them an extra five hundred thousand dollars a month but they don't have to worry about their internet they don't have to worry about their furniture they don't have to worry about a commitment you know they don't have to worry if the electricity is working there's just there's a, a myriad of things that we take off your plate so again it's this idea of you know your real estate as a service and providing it to you in a way that's easy and efficient and, and explainable.
2: Have you seen the way that you work change as you've spent more and more time in more of a co-working space versus uh, I'm assuming what you were doing before was more traditional?
1: So, the, the irony of what I like to say about me running a co working business and working with the people who actually work with me is that it's actually much more difficult to work in a co working space because everyone, as you know, everyone knows who, what you're doing and they want to make a chit chat and do all that kind of stuff. So, I actually, ironically, find that it's very difficult for me to work in a co working space um, or my own co working space, at least. I sometimes like to go to other people's co working spaces to work so that I can get some more work done. But it's uh, it definitely is challenging changed the way I perceive work and the perceive sort of I had worked a bunch I'd worked a lot out of my house and I'd worked a lot sort of alone and you know and the idea of you know having all these people around who are doing disparate things has become I mean it's just it's fascinating to me I mean even the ability if you even think back to your days in college of like being at the library like it was so much easier to study at the library than in your dorm room Even though sometimes it was noisier, sometimes there was distraction, sometimes there was, you know, the idea of being at the library, people have made that commitment to be working and working hard, hopefully, um, you know, makes such a big difference. So, you know, the idea of not knocking off at 5.01, but staying until 7 or 7.30 or 10 o'clock at night, you know, there's always people around and there's always motivation of people who are frankly working smarter than you, harder than you better than you and so that idea of you know not necessarily in a competitive way but just seeing people around so you know it really it makes a huge difference to to be around people and to see what other people are doing and you know hearing the guy next to you make a sale you know it's it's motivating right that guy who was struggling yesterday now he just raised a million bucks and so you know there's this whole aspect of just being around people understanding what they're doing how what they're doing interacts with you, You know, it just, it's, its again, putting aside when you run the business of the co-working, I found it to be amazingly productive, and it just, it's a really awesome, awesome environment to be in.
2: Yeah, I can definitely attest to that. Um, You've heard me mention on the show before, you know, Matt and I work together and uh, often work from home, and getting an office space like this is a game changer for us, because it's separation between work life and home life for one thing, but the ability to come in here and just focus for that chunk of hours we're here and then be able to go home and just relax and, you know, watch some TV, read a book, whatever we want and not feel like we have to have our laptops in our lap the whole night is, is really life changing. And for anyone else who's been working at home for a while or has experienced a change like this, um, I'm sure you can relate. It's, it's really something special.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the things I think so interesting is, you know, as we, you know, as everywhere gets, you know, more expensive on rents, and people think about, you know, becoming entrepreneurs and how they can get out on their own, you know, this becomes a really interesting alternative too for people who, you know, would normally have gone and gotten a two bedroom, two bath apartment, and then they would basically use the other one as a home office. It's not that fun to get out of bed and walk across the hall. Now, there's a lot of nice things about it, you're not commuting, you're not in traffic. But there's something not productive about staying in your pajamas all day. And, you know, if you're really trying to commit to being an entrepreneur and being out, being around other entrepreneurs, other people who are who are going, you know, seeing, you know, we have a company in here um, in the San Diego space, Greek Rush. They came in here, they were three, and now they're seven. Um, and they're just growing like crazy. And they're doing great. And to see them and see them grow and adding team members and... I mean, they're grinding. These guys are putting the beanbags in their office and they're sleeping, you know, because they're taking breaks and working overnight. And so, you know, you see that and you're like, oh, you know, maybe what, you know, maybe getting into the office for 8.30, you know, when you were starting to roll out of bed at 8:30 and roll in the next door to go to your home office in pajamas, you start, it really, it changes the sort of ethos of work to sort of understand being out, creating some work, um, you know, live work delineation and, you know, really understanding how, you know, as you grow your business from one to two to three, you can have that flexibility of understanding, you know, what that looks like to be out of your house, not in the garage, not having it at the kitchen table, uh, and all those kind of things.
2: So educate me a little bit on how finding office space works and kind of the economics between when you would want to get your own private space and when it makes sense to work in a co-working space.
1: So one of the interesting things about co-working is that it's a really easy um, and flexible way for people to grow their teams and to sort of start thinking about what, what their office space needs are. So for anyone who's never looked for office space, you know, it's very... It's an onerous process. Um, people aren't that excited about helping you. As bro- brokers aren't that excited about helping you with five hundred, a thousand square feet. The landlords aren't that excited about a ten- a brand new, you know, a brand new tenant with no credit who, you know, has a business that may or may not be smart and may or may not be around in six months, let alone the five-year term of a lease. Um, and you think about it from your own perspective. Um, I always like to joke. No one's aspirational to call their parents and say they got five hundred square feet. You know, it's uh, it's not. It's a difficult spot in the market. So one of the things that this co-working sort of movement has helped to solve as well is this idea around you know easy access to space for companies that would normally have a whole lot of headache around it. Um, and so the idea around co-working is that you know as you grow your business from you and a co-founder or you know you and one other team member and you start thinking about what your options are, there's a, there's a lot of moving pieces to it. There's the costs there's the sort of pure logistical pieces of it the headache involved in getting internet and signing contracts and getting a lawyer to review your lease and and then you know the framework of what obligations you're taking on right I mean you've already taken on so much so much to be an entrepreneur to then take on the commitment of a long-term lease and not understanding if it's what your business is going to need now or in the future um, you might need to relocate your team there's there's a there's there's a gazillion different things that could happen so the real interesting thing about co-working is that Even though you know when you, it becomes a really, it's a great value in the end from a standpoint of all the different headaches it saves. But even on a dollar square per square foot standpoint and like thinking about leasing, it's also a great proposition. So you know it depends on the market you're in and you know what you would be taking as an alternative. But for most people. between 12 and 15 people, it's still a really good value to be in a co-working space. Um, if you think about, you know, the amount of space you would need to take per person to have a conference room and a break room and all these different amenities that you end up getting in a co-working space like DeskHub, you know, you end up needing a significant amount of space that's sort of oversized for the small team that you're working on. So what if you really back into all your math and you think about getting internet service and all those things, you know, it 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 really is a... It's a really great solution that has, just like the cloud, has really changed you know the way people do programming and the way people build apps and the way people store what they're going to store and don't have to buy resources. Can start companies so cheaply. This is another piece of that puzzle.
2: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, our our generation especially, we're used to cutting out the headaches. Right, like we don't want to deal with getting our own internet and phone systems set up and like all the logistics you mentioned when you're getting your own space aside from the fact that it's usually a very big commitment um but i think you know in addition to that driving this big movement of of co-working on the rise is the fact that it's never been easier to start a business so you've got all these first time or or maybe not first time but still early stage companies giving it a go and uh you know, there's no reason to make these big commitments in the beginning. And so I, I totally see this kind of global shift on the rise because it's just so easy to to give it a shot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the fascinating thing right now about being an entrepreneur or about you just whatever, you know, it, whether it's technology or a food business or a clothing business, whatever you have a passion for, you can do now in a way that you couldn't. Whether it's putting your crafts on Etsy or selling on eBay, it there's just there's an amazing opportunity to sort of whether it's a one person business or a hundred person business you turn into to to be an entrepreneur to grow a business and all the resources out there again whether it's the cloud from amazon or whether it's you know a space at desk hub the sort of ability to sort of grow and grab these resources quickly and frankly for you everyone out there but not for us you know the ability to be flexible right the ability you can come in for a month and if it doesn't work it doesn't work, um, and uh, you know that whole idea around continuing to have opportunities to grow, change, be flexible, to to pivot, if you will, um, is just—it's a tremendous opportunity to do things cheaply, easily, smartly. Um, you know, as we move forward,
2: do you predict any kind of major change in in how people work and get office space on kind of a large, impactful scale?
1: So I actually think this is, I think co-working's right now at the forefront of a fundamental shift in how people are going to be working in the future, and that that includes big companies. I mean, there was just a big article, Citigroup, I believe was in New York, has just re- t- torn down all the walls in their office and gone to open office. Um, it's incredibly more efficient from a cost standpoint, um, but it's also, it's collaborative. It's what It's what people want to do, is if you're going to be at the office you know with technology the way it is you can you can do most of what you would do at the office at home now so space becomes a lot more about the interaction about the collaboration about the work that's getting done you know together versus the work that's happening um, you know just uh, versus just the work so you know i think you're continuing to see people and companies taking different amounts of space than they used to it's just it, there's going to be a there's going to be a full on shift that's already begun in, I think, you know, in 10 years, we'll see almost all offices built out in some way like co-working, whether that's hot desking, whether that's open space. Um, a lot of the stuff that we're seeing and learning now that we're at the forefront of them were with we being the movement of co-working around the country and around the world is going to end up sort of transitioning into um, the majority of companies in the future.
2: So do you collaborate with other co-working spaces to kind of elevate and accelerate this shift?
1: There's a lot of collaboration around spaces. Um, There's a bunch of organizations um, that bring people together, um, around coworking, meaning other co working spaces. So typically in markets where there's multiple co working spaces, those people do have some collaboration. Um, there's definitely competition, but you know, I really believe that coworking is going to turn a lot into, um, more like the hotel industry where, you know, you might really like staying at the Westin and I might like staying at a W. Right. And so there's going to be, well, everything's competitive. And certainly you would look at Weston versus the W when you look at hotel rates and where they are and where they're located. You know, there's a lot of stuff that comes down to location and convenience. There's a lot of stuff that comes down to, you know, what are you comfortable with? You know, do you want to be in more open space? Do you want to be with an older crowd? Do you want to be with mostly freelancers? Do you want to be with small teams? And so, you know, as we talked about before, this idea of what does it look like to, to sort of, how does a space develop, right? So, a space develops a personality. I think DeskCub as a brand will continue to develop personality, and you know, all the other people who are doing this continue, whether they have one or whether they have a hundred will develop brand around what they want to do. You know, I think they'll start to be niche spaces for financial services people. They'll, it's the idea of bringing people together who are accretive to value with you. And so, you know, there's certain people who might not make sense for a desktop space, but make, make, make a lot of sense for a competitor space. And, you know, those are the kind of things where we're happy to send them through or back or whatever the case might be. So, you know, I, I think there's, well, at, well, in any business, there's competition, you know, I, I don't think there's from what we've seen so far, um, you know, it's not cutthroat in a way that, you know, there's a rec- there's, there's an understanding that there's space for everyone because everyone's sort of developing a niche. And if you don't develop a niche, I think you probably don't end up doing very well. So it's sort of finding that place the same way, finding a place in any other type of, you know, business or industry you would.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so tell us where we can find a desk hub location near us. Obviously, uh, there's Scottsdale and San Diego. Where else are you now? And where are you thinking about going?
1: So we've got five locations now. Um, we are in Atlanta, we're in Scottsdale, we're in San Diego, we're in Portland, we're in Salt Lake city. Um, we're continuing to look at sort of additional growth. We'll be adding an additional location in Phoenix, very soon, um, we've also looking at some additional space on the west coast and a couple of other cities, and um, and also looking to grow in the existing markets that we're in as we start to sort of develop some brand and you know understand exactly you know where demand is and you know what different types of people want in different locations.
2: Great, and for anyone who wants to check out a desk hub in their city, where can they go?
1: you can go to our website at deskhub.com. That's D-E-S-K-H-U-B.com and uh, check out the locations we've got. If we have a location somewhere that's good for you, shoot us a form and we'll uh, get back to you, schedule you for a tour. And uh, if we don't, shoot us a form anyway. Let us know where we think we should be.
2: Thanks so much for coming on, Jay.
1: Of course. Appreciate you having me.
2: For anyone that wants to give Desk Hub a try in their city, Jay's generously offering to give $100 off your first month, all you have to do is mention this podcast, Rocket Ship FM, and they'll get you set up.